Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast, where we will be expanding our minds to its fullest potential, bringing it to its peace, and healing and loving ourselves along our journey. I am your host, Alyssa, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mind is a Matter podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Beth. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Go on. Hi, my name is Beth. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I know She's she not used to this. She's not used to like being on a podcast. But, you know, I kind of gave her the rundown. Like, it's a safe space. You know, overall, just want to share her story, what she's been through, you know, her background her surroundings as she was growing up just really like getting to the pinpoint of like what made her the way she is and how she healed through things and also how she's dealing with stuff in her life as as we know it right now so i'm gonna pass the mic on over to her let her kind of get in get into the rhythm of it you know (laughs) but of course every single episode gotta have it's gotta have a quote every single time so today's quote from the motivation app is change your self-talk Remind yourself that you are strong and resilient and can handle anything that comes your way. And I feel like that really does tie into her story. Like, you know, of course, being a teen, a teen mom coming from like a hard upbringing, you know, just being around chaos all the time, not really having peace and also, you know, how it affected her as a woman, but also how it strengthened her as a woman and how she heals every single day doing what she got to do in order to provide for her child provide for herself and overall her well-being so i'm gonna pass the mic over to her go ahead girl do you think <laughs> yeah thank you thank you I'm, I'm excited to be here i'm so excited <laughs> um but just a little bit like about my like upbringing um i don't know i kind of grew up in like this really hard um in what we call the hood the ghetto you know <laughs> i grew up <laughs> you know i grew up there and it was very hard because I went to school. I went to like, you know, elementary, middle school. And while I was there, I was the only light skinned person. Me and my sister were the only light skinned people. And and so when I when I went to school, like I wasn't necessarily bullied, but I was definitely made fun of a lot, especially because we did not have money. You know, my mom, we had literally just come from a domestic violence shelter. You know, my my father used to be very abusive to my mom. So growing up, like I had to just fend for myself, right? And we didn't have money. We had, you know, our sketchers and we had like Walmart clothes and people always used to make fun of us. And I feel like that definitely switched a, a switch for me especially when it came to how I spoke to people because I would see other little girls when people would make fun of them, they would like snap back and they would have an attitude and they'd be like, oh, but you da 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 da, right? Like they had a voice for themselves. Right, exactly. And I didn't have that. So Me neither. I had to I go, <laughs> right. Let me tell y'all, I got bullied off my ass growing up. I swear to God, like I really got bullied hard as hell from the ages. Like I got my ass beat five years old in my neighborhood in by no in my neighborhood in the apartment complex and when I first moved to Florida like girl I got my ass beat by one of the neighborhood girls and like handed like one time I got punched in the ear almost lost my hearing like girl I got bullied my at like from five all the way up until seventh grade and it really took everything in me to just stand up for myself like girl they were making fake names to talk about me and it wasn't until I realized like who they were talking it's not fucked up like bro middle schoolers are some menaces at like they're so fucking like they have no chill they're ruthless as fuck but yeah girl like I literally went through that myself and like gaining that self-confidence and that boost of just be like to stand up for yourself and speak up because like I said this in a previous um episode like not speaking up is a huge it's a toxic trait to yourself because like you're just sitting there taking it and taking it and not standing up for yourself so people are gonna step all over you take advantage of you talk their shit and not and you ain't doing anything about it so of course they're gonna keep running that shit back to you right no and then also I feel like Growing up, like because I started speaking up for myself, I realized that that started building a lot of aggression, like aggression in who I am. Right. So 
when I walk around, I'm, I'm always, I always have this hard anger, like this kind of like, don't fuck with me. Don't look at me a certain way because I'll say something, you know? So it's always like that kind of like mentality. And now I feel like I have definitely brought that into my relationship and my relationship with my daughter. And I didn't realize it until just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, you know, I, with my with my partner, you know, we were you. When I talk to him, sometimes I realize I'm talking to him as like as if he was just somebody on the street. When it's I shouldn't do that, and I know I don't need to be doing that. But that's definitely something that I have to work within myself, and it's hard because even with my past relationships, that's all I've ever known. Yeah, I've it's never. Like, it's a way to protect yourself. Exactly, and I've never known like a. I've never seen an example of a good relationship, a good marriage, a good and healthy relationship. Well, yeah, because, like, you know, something I noticed coming from a broken home, like, my parents weren't aggressive. Like, they never argued and stuff like that. But, like, children growing up in that environment, when you're young, you're, in, like, you're seeing it so often. You're picking up your sponges. So what you're seeing, you're obviously going to reciprocate as you get older because that's the, that's the norm for you. You're like, I'm used to having you know, you know, having parents be screaming, it's like a screaming match. So naturally, what you're going to end up doing is projecting that same aggression onto other people, also onto potential partners, or even on your child. That's why it's so important to break those generational curses. Because if you don't, you're going to end up traumatizing your own child. And it's like, when we come from broken backgrounds, we come from broken homes, we don't necessarily we like do it like indirectly. But like, that's why it's so important to be self-aware because like, you know, I don't even have kids, but like, I wouldn't want my child to even endure a second of what I had, what my innocent eyes had to seem like my innocence as a young kid was taken away from me. Like I never had that, you know, that childhood where everything was like, I was worrying about, is there enough gas in the car? I was worrying about, are my parents paying the bills? No, like eight or 10 year old should be having to worry about if their parents are paying the bills if there's gas in the car because there's been times me and my mom and my dad we've literally been on the side of the street because there was we ran out of gas we ended up on the side of the street well while they were taking me to school it was I will never forget that or you know times where I've seen furniture being repoed from my house like it was like girl that shit was crazy <laughs> I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. <laughs> Yeah. No, I didn't know that, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I mean, and that was a great thing to pinpoint was like generational curses. Like that is such a true thing. And like, I, it's hard, especially when you're a teen parent, like, you know, you're I was still learning yourself. exactly. You're like, still learning. You're still you growing. Like, right. As a teen mom, you haven't even developed yourself yet you haven't even fully developed you haven't even figured yourself out or had the time to learn about yourself and now you're responsible for a whole other human being like parts of you it's like you're trying to heal your inner child of what you went through in a broken home and then also now you're trying to protect this child in front of you from seeing everything that you've seen so it's like in that midst of you trying to figure yourself out like as a teenager like we have so many emotions we're so petty we like we literally tend to those immature thoughts and just wanting to act out on our emotions and do all these like just stupid shit that we would normally do as a teen but now as a teen I'm a mom. I can't be acting like this in front of my child. I have a responsibility, bro. Like it's, it's even harder, especially when you don't have as much support, mm-hmm. right? You don't have a support system. Like, for example, me and my father don't get along. Me and my mother, we don't get along. I don't talk to my brother. I don't talk to my sister. So it's like you don't really have that support system. Um and that's why I'm so grateful for for the people that I had around me and including you being one of them, you know, and growing up and being a teen parent, it's definitely so difficult. And, and you're learning how to be not only an adult, but also how to be a good example for this child that you now have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to be this role model for this child when I've never seen what a role model is. I've never mm-hmm. seen, I've never got to see that I've never seen any of that so it's hard to try and be the best person that you can be when you've never seen it 
Yeah, and it's like, how do you, like, how do you change something? Like, how do you be a reflection of something that you've actually, you've never seen for yourself? Because, like, you know, as kids, obviously, you know, like me, I was brought into a very, I mean, I lived with my aunt for about eight, well, eight years, no, six years. I lived with her since I was 12 all the way up until I was 18. That house was full of nothing but drama, chaos. I would never, like, we had so many people in one house, but that shit was not full house. Like they didn't sit, they didn't sit us down, have conversations, genuinely come to you and be like, "What's going on? What's wrong?" And being attentive. I feel like I don't know if that's like a Hispanic thing. I swear to God, that's a fucking Hispanic <laughs> thing. Hispanics don't sit there and be like, "All right, all right, sweetheart, let's sit down, let's talk about our feelings. How did I? How did I affect you?" No, it's ne- like no, most of the time, Hispanic homes never take accountability of how they truly affected us like my aunt and you know what I was raised around even my own grandparents they will I don't think they'll ever take accountability of how they affected me as a child like of course they did the best that they could like you know my aunt took me and my um, my mom when we had nowhere to go my grandparents obviously are old school Hispanics so they like just that's just the way they're how they're treating us is how they were you know treated when they were younger growing up so that's their normal so you see how generations after generation like it'll just it's like a domino effect like and it really does end with you if you choose to end it like that like as if you don't end it then your child is going to be inflicting like those same the same treatment that you did to them onto their own children and you're gonna see it for yourself like as generational you're like holy shit like i traumatized the shit out of my kid and now they're traumatizing their child you know no no and and i agree i agree a thousand and ten percent like definitely especially coming up from in a hispanic household like I don't think I've ever heard my mother say I'm proud of you or I'm sorry or or oh did it did I hurt your feelings or it's any of that criticism. it's yeah, always like, criticism you do mm-hmm. something right they're like okay but you could have done this like you could have won like you could have done better you could it's like why, why did I do that? like is anything I do ever good enough and like you start doubting yourself like you start doubting your own work and that's where it comes like okay you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not strong enough to, you know, get myself out of a situation or, or maybe go to this this high-end school because my parents, how I grew up, no matter what I did, it was never good enough. It never met the level of their eye. Like, girl, my parent, my my family didn't even stay for my graduation. They just saw me walk across the stage and left. Did that happen to you too? No, my, no one was there. Right, yo, I literally go, <laughs> how fucking disappointing was that for me? It's like, that was a huge accomplishment, even though it was just high school. But bro, my other cousins didn't even graduate high school. They dropped out when they got pregnant at 17. They dropped out. And the fact that like, you know, I walked across the stage, I made the difference. I didn't want to be a reciprocation of what my cousins did. Like, dude, like I still did what I had to do and my family still didn't even show up for me. Like how heartbreaking was that to like leave, you know, everybody was being greeted by their friends, their family, and just sitting there like my family is nowhere to be found. Like all I have is my friends. Like sometimes friends really be the replacement of your family. Like I don't give a fuck. Water is definitely thicker than fucking blood because there's people that aren't even related to me that have been there for me way more than my own family has been there for me. Like, no, I, I definitely agree. Like, yeah, for my graduation, I I was literally I had just given birth a couple of months before my graduation. So my baby was like three months, maybe. And it was like I literally told my parents because I'm the only child that graduated. My brother didn't graduate. He had no excuse. My sister didn't graduate. She had no excuse. And I was pregnant my like my whole senior year and I gave birth and I still walked across the stage and no one was there. Literally, no one was there. My mom came to Tell pick me, me up. That affected you, though. That affected you. Yeah, no, and... That happened to me. That fucked me up. Yeah, no, I agree. I d- it definitely did. Um, I mean, it definitely affected me. Not as much as I thought it was because my whole life I had been dealt with disappointment. I mean, disappointed, yeah. Right. So and my mom, I mean... Was like, right. That was like the holy grail. When your parents are like... Dude... Whenever my family would appraise me, holy shit. It was like, okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. Because these motherfuckers would never tell me that they're proud of me. And, like, I mean, my grandpa, I grew up around, like, you know, my grandpa was the type. He was the type to remind me, you know, I'm really proud of you. Like, you could have went a whole different route, but you didn't. 
And but sometimes kids don't have that. They don't have that like from their upbringing. And it's a lot of the times it is, you know, it's between black and Hispanic homes. Like sometimes even black parents don't be apologizing to their kid. Instead, they'll just roll up in the room like, all right, what did you want again? Or like they'll try to pry, like they'll try to bribe them with food or something like they won't actually initially tell them like, listen, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong. I swear to God, I don't think ever any of Hispanic freaking parent has ever admitted I was in the wrong like they're too fucking prideful but it only takes you just putting the pride to the fucking side apologizing because you don't even realize how much that apology can truly go for your child that you're you're apologizing to because like parents are parents they're not perfect there's no manuscript of how to be a good parent but I feel like it is fucking common sense like if your child really needs a validation from you to tell you to tell them I'm proud of you like that should just be a common thing like like if I I don't like I said I don't even have kids but the littlest accomplishments that my child will make I'm gonna make a whole fucking huge thing about it like I'm so proud of you a round of applause a clap all of that shit like I feel like yes so I agree because I I do apologize to my daughter because no one ever apologized to me growing up so I Whenever I, yeah, and and if I yell at her for something, if I, um, you know, get upset with her for something and I tell her, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I felt upset for X, Y, and Z. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I should have did this X, Y, and Z. And we talk about it. And I try to keep, I mean, my daughter's four, but I try and talk to her as much as possible. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I try to, I try to talk to her as much as possible about everything because no one spoke to me. No one talked to me about anything. You know, I, I kind of just had to figure it out for myself growing up. And it, I mean, it's, it's hard. You're a child. You're, you're a literal child. Like it's hard to just figure things out for yourself. But yes, I, I talk to my daughter. I try to have conversations with her, but recently I've been talking with my partner and I've been telling him, you know, we shouldn't praise every single little thing she does because not right. Exactly. Right. And I, I picked up on that recently because she would be like, Hey mom, look, look at me. And then she would do like the, the littlest thing, the bear, like pick up a pencil. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And then I realized that's why she keeps doing it because she wants approval and that's not going to do her any good in the long run right for everything and not only that yes exactly and not only that but it's like when you get older this the real no one's going to praise you for anything exactly so i mean i know she's only four but we're we're trying to get her into that that okay well not everything needs approval not everyone needs not everything you do needs to be praised and needs to have a, oh, good job. Oh, my gosh, you did so great. And I know that as a parent, you want to do that because obviously your kid's doing new things every day. They're saying new words. They're saying um, they're doing new things and they're they're growing and you want to give them that approval. But you have to. Yeah, you have to figure out how to not do that. And I just recently figured out doing that was probably doing us worse than better. And, like, I know you told me, like, part of, like, your story, what happened to you, like, as, because, like, obviously coming from that background where you're not getting that validation, you're going to start seeking that out in a partner. And I did that myself. I tried to get the love of a man to the love that I wasn't receiving from home, trying to get that out of a man to love me in that way. Like, like, no one tells you when you come from a broken home. You're going to start seeking out partners to fill in the void, fill in the space of love that you never received from your own parents. Because I settled for so much. I settled for the bare minimum because either way to me, the bare minimum was everything because I wasn't receiving the bare minimum at home. I was like, well, shit, like he's doing he's doing this. He's making me feel somewhat important. You're a kid. I was like 15 when I met my ex. So it's like. Him, like, just giving me the slightest of attention. Him giving me, like, you know, f- making me feel like I was important. Like, that lifted me the fuck off. I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's making me feel this type of way. He's, like, showing something. And also, I found home within his 
family. His family was very family oriented. So sometimes the reason, another thing why we stay in a situation, especially with those past partners that were traumatic, that were toxic, is sometimes those toxic fucking people come from the most put together families. And when you see that, you like, you're so desperate for it. You want to hold on to that for as long as possible. Like, even if it takes you having to go through the suffering of a relationship, at least you have his fucking family. <laughs> like, you have, like, the way his mom is attentive to him, you wish your mom was attentive to you. Or how his dad is so, like, active and participant in his life, you wish your dad was active and participant. Like, it is a second home. I swear to God, the reason why I stayed for so, like, for as long as I was in that relationship was his family. I kid you the fuck not. Like, no, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, like, growing up, when I met my daughter's father, I was, like, 14 years old. I was just in, I was a freshman in high school, and I had just met him, um, and it was kind of like a, oh, he's cute, but like, it, it's not going to be anything. Yeah, and then, no, no, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even that right. Interested. I wasn't that interested. <laughs> right. And then he gave me the bare minimum, literally. Oh, I, I, I took off with a home run. What do you mean? Like I became a track star. <laughs> like, no, I literally took off and never looked back. I mean, I, I took everything that he said and that only lasted for like three months, but those three months where it was complete euphoria, where it was, I was the only thing that he wanted. I was quote unquote, I was the only thing that he when would think about. There, right. The exactly. You know, I met his family. I would stay over at his house, which that, that tells you enough about how my family was. I, I was 14 years old sleeping over at a, no, at a boy's house. Right. So I mean, I was like over at his house and his parents would take us out to like literally would go on cruises with them. We would go on vacations oh, with them every year. We went and did something. So it it brought and it filled in the the hole, as you stated earlier, the hole, the void. And then the, and the love that I wasn't getting at home and I just ran with it and he was he, you know, he became very manipulative, pathological liar. Oh, yeah. And you he, he gave noticed. me, he, he promised me things that he never was able to fulfill, but yeah. he would give you a little piece. He'd give you crumbs. He'd crumbs. Give you crumbs. Yeah, right. So Something I notice a lot about manipulative, manipulative partners, they'll breadcrumb you because right. like I said, sometimes toxic and narcissistic people they'll they'll check your background like that's why you always have to be careful about what when you're telling someone your story you have to be so like particular like I learned I'm done opening up myself to people off the fucking bat like I'm done telling my story you need to earn to know my story because people will literally use your past against you and manipulate you a lot of the I've noticed a lot of the times my toxic partners that I've had that have heard my story and just Bruh, the biggest bitch of it all, imagine you telling someone something you've been through and they just turn around and they do the exact same thing to you. How much of a fucking slap in the face that is? That's a situation I dealt with with my last relationship. I told this man everything I've been through and he turned around and fucking did it to me all over yeah. again. Like you disappoint, you're no different than the disappointment of men that I've dealt, I've dealt with in the past. But like I said, I always have trouble getting to that mind of just hating him and being disgusted because he also did good things for me too while we actually were together. He never deliberately disrespected me in our relationship. It's just the aftermath. But sometimes true colors show after you're no longer in that relationship. So, but like where I was going with this is like, most of the time, toxic partners will look at your background. They're like, oh, she comes from a broken home. She don't really got much love coming. And so I'm just going to breadcrumb her. I'm going to give these little bits and pieces. So she's going to hold on. She's going to be like scraped, like yeah. thinking there's a fucking loaf that he's right. just like, this is Hansel and Gretel. And he's just breadcrumbing you along a trail. And there's going to be, it's going to be led to a huge ass house full of candy and all of everything that you possibly want. When in reality, he's not leading you to shit. He's just seeing the fact that, you know, I don't have to give her anything. I can literally give her this little pieces and she's going to keep she's going to keep coming and coming and crawling and crawling. And up until like if she finally knows her worth, then she's going to walk away. You ever notice when you finally get to the point where you're knowing your worth and you're about to walk away? That's when they want to act right. Man, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no. And no, I agree because that's how it was with with 
within my, my daughter's father. I mean, he literally was the scum of the earth. And I'm sorry, but he was. Um, I mean, like every week it was a new girl, it was a new girl, it was a new girl. And I stayed and I stayed and I stayed because I didn't know my self-worth. I didn't know that I needed to be better. And, and another thing, it was like back to the whole generational thing. You know, I was watching my mother at home when I was at home. I was watching my mother go from one man to another man, to another man, to another man. And I grew up doing the same thing. I dated a lot. I was dating this guy here for a week. I dated two guys that week. I dated another four of them another week. And I grew up doing that. But right over and over and over but I grew I grew to understand that that was a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. truly because if I didn't date around and pick out the little features that I liked in every single man Mm -hmm. I like how he does this I like how he holds the door open for me I like how he calls me love I love how he does this for me and I learned all these little characteristics and I and I was like I like this in a guy and I don't like this in a guy and I will never approve of this again in another man and it eventually led me to my partner now and I love him with my whole entire heart but I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I feel like I'm so grateful for that experience growing up dating and seeing those things and let's just be clear, dating doesn't mean sleeping around. Yeah, you, can date, you, can, you can date and not have to be a hoe. You don't have to be throwing it around to the neighborhood. But I, I, yes, like you don't have to, I swear, because I was not, like I, I lost my virginity. Yeah, I lost my virginity to my daughter's father. And that was the only man that I was going back and forth with in between guys. Right, exactly. Whenever he, he was ready for me, I was already waiting on the door these men for real know when you are arms open they fucking know that's why i always tell myself like i mean it's i hate having to run game on a man but if i have to do what i need to do so that way they respect me then i will do what i need to do because sometimes men don't fucking learn they don't learn if you're giving it away to them easily if you're just making it so easy for them i don't know why men are programmed like this but like you have to earn that and if and if a man's feeling like he don't he don't have to earn you like he don't got he can do the bare minimum and you'll do fucking bet like freaking somersaults and all that shit over the bare minimum he's like well shit she i don't i don't have to do anything i don't need to get this girl because that's what's fucked up about this generation now women are conditioned that they just want situationships they just want to hook up they just want friends with benefits so now men nowadays when they come across women who want dates who want the door hold out like held open for them they want the flowers they're thinking, damn, that's a lot of work. Like, I gotta, I gotta buy her flowers. I gotta take her out. I gotta plan. Meanwhile, I got another bitch that literally just telling me to slide. She just dropped her location. It doesn't cost me anything to just come. Or if anything, she come into my house. I don't even need to leave the comfort of my own home. Like, it's such a flip now, because, you know, like I said, when we come from broken homes, we we validate ourselves off the love that you know the breadcrumbing love that they give. But imagine getting the whole loaf. Like, getting the whole loaf. And I feel like the relationship that you're in right now, like, based off what you told me, like, he seems like a really good guy. He seems like someone who is going to bring you to your highest self and overall teach you things about yourself that you never actually knew. And also, and also give you the things that your inner child, like, he's healing your inner child in a way because he's not manipulating you. He's not using your past against you. He's helping you raise a child that's not even his. Listen, props out, to, props out there to the men that are raising children that are not their own, but they're treating them as if they are their own. That is like that is the biggest fucking props I will give to a guy because you're not even this man, this child's biological father, but you are stepping up like as if you are. And that will tell you so much about a guy like immensely because, you know, we just we don't deserve the bare minimum. Like we used to go through so much shit as a kid as it is. We deserve to have the whole loaf. We deserve the whole freaking the meal, the appetizer and the dessert. Like we deserve all of that and not have to just, you know, revert back to our childhood and how broken we were and how much we accepted because our inner child wanted that like like our inner child craves the love the like the innocence that we had 
our teenager wants to get even and then our adult self is just like i just want peace <laughs> like our adult our like like our adult self just wants peace you know and like i think that's so good though that you finally got to like like a good guy like you're not you're not repeating men in the same essence that you were before in the past like you're not going through the same bullshit and meeting the same face Mm -hmm. over and over and over again like you figured out you know this is my worth this is what I want to do and if I want to set an example for my daughter I have to be I have to be disciplined I cannot be doing this shit in front of my kid and then they're going to start doing it and then I'm going to have to see it like you know It gets worse when you are, you know, when you're a single parent, right? When I was a single parent for that little while, it was hard. It was very, very hard because I had just finished going through postpartum depression. So I was, yeah, nobody talks about it. It was definitely something that was very weird for me. And yeah, well, it wasn't that I was sad. I was just angry. I was very angry and right mind was and I was I was sad I was sad but I was more angry I was angry because I loved this person so much like her father I I had been with him for four years all throughout high school I had loved him so much I gave him literally every single last piece of me I've I was so vulnerable with this man I gave him my everything my took pieces away from yourself yeah yeah no and I did I did And I loved him so, 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 so much. And so when I got pregnant, I was like angry. I was like, why God? Like, why would you do this to me? Like, I have been begging and praying for this man. I have been praying that this man figures out that I am the one that's for him. I would give him the world and do anything for him. And in terms, I end up pregnant. It was kind of like, what like you know this is not a good right it's not a good man for me and and I had prayed so much and begged so much like I kid you not I would beg God I would stay up all night just crying in my bed begging him to for to me to be with this man and then he gave me a kid and I was just well here's the thing that I learned I learned that I was begging for love I wasn't necessarily begging for him. I was begging for the love, which he 110% provided me with, with my daughter. God gave me the love that I prayed so hard for. He gave that to me in the form of my daughter. He didn't give me the man and what I wanted. He didn't give me what I thought I needed, what thought I wanted. He gave me exactly what I needed, which was the love of my daughter and that is the most beautiful thing that anyone can ever experience is the love of a child. And I mean, she's literally everything I could ask for, but that, that taught me a lot. And that was just kind of like my, Oh yeah. Like maybe everything that you think that you energy, want, right. Everything. Like all that energy that you're pouring that you wanted from him, your daughter now needs from you and like that is such a huge thing and something i'm gonna say something to you though like you tell me how you resonate with this sometimes we try to be the person that our inner child wish was around yeah Yeah. like yeah yeah Yeah, like i swear to god sometimes as an adult how we are like how we are as an adult is the person that we wished was in our lives as a younger child, like someone we wish was around for us, someone who wished that would just take us out of that situation and cater to us, love us, accept us. And, you know, like anything that a child, all a child truly asks for when being brought into this world is just love. That's it. So whenever I see neglect, because neglect can look and look like in so many different angles, so many different colors, neglect can fit into many categories but like when you neglect a child and you neglect them from the love that you know like I said we didn't ask to be here both of it's two people deciding that they want to bring another human being into this world we never asked to be here so 
you know, it's the, the, the decency out of you to love a child that you do bring into this world. And it's like, it's your due diligence. If you bring a child into this world, you are responsible for that child's being. And you're also responsible for making sure that child's well-being is taken care of along with every, like, you created this child. Like, I, I never understood that. How could you not want to love your kid? Like, how, like, dude, how would you not want better for your kid? Like, why would you bring a child into this world only to, like, neglect that child? I, I'll never understand how you can do that or how people abuse their children. That, like, ooh, whenever I hear stories, like, I was, like I said, I was listening to this podcast. By the way, y'all, put y'all on. Sister Zuko. There was a podcast that I was listening to. It. I was at work. This poor child, Amani. I forgot her last name, but I always, her first name stuck with me. This poor child starved. She was a literal, like, a Cinderella story. She had a stepmother that abused her. The stepmother had two children of her own and treated them with the love, the care, all of that, but treated Amani with just hor- like, horrible, would put burns on her, starved her. This, this little girl was 10 when she died. 10 years old? She was 10 years old. She's dead for 10 years? She was dead at 10 and they left her in the room her body literally just decaying for five days for five days this poor baby literally yeah like abusing her all right like how the fuck like you're how could you do that to a child you are a different type of fucking human being if you if you put your hands right. on a child, right. abuse a child, right. like any of that shit. Right. And 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 another Ooh, thing, so one Don't thing have that a fucking kid. Right. You should not have a fucking no. kid. And one thing that like makes me so upset that I am so passionate about is like sexual assault. Like mm-hmm. Oh my God. With, I, I promise you. So, oh my God. I don't even want to think about it because. Well, have you ever had like a sexual assault happen to you? Oh, of course. Yeah. I was, I was molested for years growing up, you know, by my own family member. I'm not going to say who, but, um, one of my immediate family members in my immediate family. And. Yeah. Like it, I said, this is a safe space. Right. Don't ever fear, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And I, I, listen, I, I'm an open book. I, <laughs> you know this, but, but no. That, like, yeah. No, no, no. And I was, I was sexually molested for years growing up. And that's why I'm so big on teaching my child. Like, Speak yes. Speak. And I, she knows every single one of her body parts. She knows every single one of her body parts to the T. She calls her vagina a vagina. She calls her breast her breast. She calls everything by their actual name because I want her to come and tell me. I want her to feel comfortable with telling me. Whenever she sees something, I tell her there's no secrets. No one should ever tell you. A grown adult should never go up to you and be like, or threaten me. If right. If somebody threatens me, right. do not feel scared. That my mom, my mom's right. stepdad that was raping her. My mom's stepmom, uh, stepdad was molesting her for years yeah. too. And like, like I said, that's a, such a beautiful thing when, you know, as a mother, you've been molested you've been you know traumatized like your innocence has been taken away from you by someone that you fucking know that's in your immediate family and you never like you never shed the same pain onto your own child that i swear i empower women or empower fathers who have been molested who've been in like those traumatic situations growing up that have never put a single single ounce of pain or a burden onto their child like oh my god and and like growing up like growing up i would go to the grocery store you know when i was growing up i was very skinny very curvy you know i was very filled out as you (laughs) right exactly i was very filled out and i looked a lot older i mean i do now i look a lot older than what i what my age is Mm -hmm. and so I would go to the grocery store with my mom and, and i would be wearing a crop top and some shorts and she would be like you need to cover up you you these grown men are looking at you and, and it's like yeah but you bought me the clothes if you didn't want me to wear it then why would you not why would you buy it for me even in like homes you ever been like when you're in your own home and they're like don't wear shorts or don't do this why why then why the fuck are you inviting people into the house that are gonna look at me some type of way if you're telling me to cover up in my own home why are you inviting people that as if they're going to look at me some type of way? Like maybe you should be questioning the company that you're bringing to the house instead of making me have to cover up and put like, you know, 
shorter sh- like longer shorts on or pants and having to cover up like my 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 like my like you know my chest like how like I do does that like not resonate with some parents like instead of telling your child oh you need to cover up or you need to do this why don't you start questioning the people that you're fucking bringing into the home because obviously if they're looking they're gonna look at me some type of way if I got shorts on then obviously you're dealing with a fucking pervert and they sh- and I'm not safe like Oh my God, it'd be your own fucking family. It'd be your own fucking family that literally makes the environment that you are growing up in not even safe for you to be in. Like, oh, that gets me so mad. No, no, and I know I when I was growing up and um, I remember I told my mom because I'm just going to say it was my brother, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up and my brother was, you know, sexually assaulting me, molesting was me. Ever, was he ever molested himself? Not that I know of. I've never really had a conversation like, about that. Sometimes, like, you know, Right, kids project that. things project that, yeah, yeah, exactly. when was this happening, though? Well, this was, like, when we were so young. Like, I think, I honestly think. Oh, I I know for a fact that he was probably. And that's a prideful thing. Right. Like said, when men get molested, they that it, they, they won't speak up for as long as they live. Like, yeah. as long as they live. Oh, no. Like, because that is, as a man, to get touched right. in a way, like, it's, it, it's so, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Because it's so normalized for women to get raped, for us to get molested, because, you know, we're women. Mm-hmm. But for a man to get touched, for a man to get molested, to them, that just deteriorates their pride. They And to have some type of sense of control, as fucked up as it is, like, I wish that never happened to you, yeah. but as messed up as it is, sometimes young boys, that it, that's happening to them, they try to have to gain some some type of control and they start projecting they start being the one that's doing this to feel that control to feel that sense of power again because that power was taken away from them the second another person put their hands on them without any consent like i think that might have happened and i i by no means i talk to my brother to this day we've never had a conversation about it because i just don't think i feel comfortable or i would ever be comfortable to have that conversation with him but so he just he only like he just only touched you right he was yeah no he never did anything right right yeah well that was a separate separate thing you know that that happened with someone in high school but but initially did did you originally like actually like you know for in itself for my brother yeah like did that no 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 it was just it was just mill station and I remember like I used to dance and he would tell me, oh, like we would stay up late at night because I would love to watch TV and he he would love to watch TV and he would be like, oh, let's, let's put on the music and let's dance. And I would do, I would practice my dancing and I would do, you know, my ballet, whatever, whatever I was doing. And then, (laughs) and so then I would be doing it and he would be like, oh, well, let me practice with you. Let me grab, like, let me pick you up and let's do tosses and twirls. And, Mm -hmm. and I was a kid, I was like six, seven, eight years old at this time. And I I remember that was the first time I I can remember. I mean, I don't know if it happened prior to, Mm -hmm. but as a young kid, this is the first time I actually remembered it. And he was like, I mean, it was so natural for him that I'm sure it probably was happening prior to, but I just was too young to remember. But I remember it was like yesterday. We stayed up. It was super late at night. My grip, my mom and my dad were, were in bed laying down. They were sleeping. And my sister was also sleeping in the room. We all shared a room, all three of us. And I remember when we were doing our dances and every time he would pick me up and he would grab me by my vagina he would grab me and that happened every single time we would growing up like every single day years for years for years and years and years he would like fight me and my sister like he would beat me up like my sister and I don't get along because I'm sure it was happening to her too well I've seen it happen to her and but I don't know if it was I'm not sure if it was happening to the extent that it was happening to me and I was because I was the youngest, I was growing up. And I remember my sister used to beat me up with my brother. Like they used to kick me in the stomach and like literally beat me up till I would throw up. And this would happen all the time. My mom was never really home. She didn't really care. And I remember like we would go and we would, he would start beating me up. And then I would start trying to fight back. And every single time I would try to fight back, he would put his fingers and his hands inside of me hold me yeah and 
And that happened for so long, for so many years until he ended up leaving the house and moving with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one night, well, one morning I grew, I, I woke up. Well, I was sleeping. And you know when you're like in a sleep, yeah, but you're kind of up, yeah. but you're kind of not up. Yeah. So I you're was- aware. Yeah, you're yeah. aware of your what's You're happening. Right. And I was sleeping. My sister and I shared a room at this point. And I was sleeping. And I was always the last one to wake up. Mm-hmm. I was sleeping. And I remember I just felt like this, like, tapping, like, on my butt. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is this tapping? And I'm just, like, trying to keep going back to sleep because I thought it was a dream. I'm like, whatever. Go back to sleep. And then – it just kept happening. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I wake up and I turn around and it, I see my brother laying behind me in the bed. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if anything happened. I was sleeping and I used to be a very, 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 very deep sleeper. So like I genuinely to this day don't know what was he was doing What he because he stopped as soon as I woke up. Um, but obviously I can put two and two together And I remember I woke up and I seen my sister standing in the doorway, just looking. And she ran away as soon as I woke up. And I was like, that's weird. And then one day she got my brother mad at her and she ended up telling my father. And my father was so upset. My brother was like 17, 18, like 17, 16 years old at this time. And my brother and my dad got in a fight and my brother put my dad my dad in the hospital because of the fight and it was really bad but like those kind of things growing up like I mean that could just take like that in itself can take such a toll over like over you because like I said as a kid we're not expecting this shit to happen to us you know my boyfriend nowadays he doesn't understand why I don't trust anyone and like but you have every right of reason however you have to regain that trust back into yourself because sometimes, sometimes, like I said, like, you know, it's not a matter of us trusting other people. It's about trusting ourselves again to be open to like accepting that from other people. Because, you know, like I was going to ask you, like, you know, how do you view things now? Like being in a, in a positive, healthy relationship, like, because sometimes, like I always say, like, you know, as much as it's easy to just put it in the back seat of our minds and not think about it, sometimes we have to come face to face with our own toxic traits, things that we do to ourselves that are, you know, hindering to ourselves because we end up pushing good people away from us because we're just so traumatized and but but we haven't we haven't healed from our trauma so that way we can truly be embraceful of the good things that are you know, that people are trying to give to us. Like because when when you're growing up naturally is like you're on survival mode. It's not you can't even be, you know, rest and digest. This is some fight or flight type of shit. Like you cannot just sit there and be okay with, you know, like you're always up and up and going. Like you always have to keep your guard up. You always have to be looking at every other corner. You have to always look both ways and be scared and be worried like, okay, am I going to get hit with some other shit? It's like you're expecting the worst because the world already disappointed you as a child. Like you're already expecting things to hit the fan because you were disappointed the second you were brought up into this world like and and that's a great point that you make because even now to this day like even now if I'm walking if I'm standing in a store and I see a man staring at me I will literally be like what the fuck are you looking at like and it it's not even like I can control it like it just happens Every single time. Doesn't matter if they're good looking, if they're ugly, if they're old, if they're young. It does not matter, but it triggers me so hard. Just them looking at me, staring at me. It makes me feel very angry. And like growing up, the, the experiences with sexual assault and all of that that I grew up with definitely led to bad relationships with sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... It, it led to a horrible, like, I mean, I put myself into so many situations now that I think about it. I'm like, I could have died. I could have been raped. I could have been killed. I could have been kidnapped, sex trafficked because of all of the dumb shit that I put myself through. And it was because I was so used to being just an object. Like I, for the longest, and even till this day, I struggle with that. Like, I feel like 
and I grow like I'm just an object I'm just like growing up I swear every single time I had sex with anybody and if I did have sex with anyone it was always like from a third party I was never in it like it's like you were outside of your own body exactly it was it was literally exactly like that like I literally was I never truly enjoyed sex even to this day I don't really enjoy sex I just feel I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And, and I probably need to go see a therapist for this. But <laughs> but I, I genuinely don't. And, and for example, like with my, my boyfriend, my partner for three years, we've been together for three years now. And even now, I I have sex with him maybe once a month. Mm. It's bad. And, it's, and he understands that. And he is so understanding. And he works with me so much. Like I love him so much. He is literally the best. He, I mean, he talks to me. He, he'll... You know, I can tell him anything and I know that he won't be like, he's accepting. He's, accepting. accepting. he's not going to be mad at me because I didn't have sex with him. Me. Right. And, and he, he understands. And I try, I explain to him all the time. I'm like, it's not you. It's definitely me. Like it's, I know for a fact, 110%, it's not you. I want to have sex with you. I do. I want to give you the pleasure. I want to do all of that with you. But something in myself stops me. Every single time it stops me. Just like having like this realization yourself, like, cause like I said, the reason why I always bring, like I, why I'm starting to really bring people to share their stories, share their testimonies and stuff to make them more self-aware. And like, cause sometimes when you start talking about it, you start kind of letting it out. You start to have some type of like realization, like, holy shit. Like I am the blockage of my own blessings. Like I am blocking myself from accepting the good things that are in front of me Mm -hmm. because I haven't done the work. I haven't done the healing of my inner child, something that was ripped away from me. Like sometimes, you know, we have to view ourselves like as our own protector. Like we have to look at ourselves like, you know what, would eight-year-old me be proud right now? And if you feel like you can't answer that question, then maybe you should be doing like, you know, (laughs) you should be doing something else, you know. But like even then, like no matter what, you're doing the best that you can of your abilities. And that still counts. That still matters. It's still valid. You know, don't overwork yourself and overfeel like, you know, I have to be doing X, Y and Z in order for me to feel, you know, just always do the things that are ultimately going to fulfill you and set the expectation that you know, is for you. You're not meeting anybody else's expectations, but your own. You don't want to meet anybody's expectations. But I think me personally, like my best advice, like just hearing your story and just kind of getting more of an insight is like, you know, I wouldn't say like, because I I feel like you can grow in a relationship when you have those, you have those, like those traumas of those childhood traumas of yours. I definitely feel like when you have the right partner, you definitely can heal yourself in that to even being with somebody and it takes a strong person too what's the question how do you you have those conversations right how are you supposed to have those conversations with these people yeah with like good people that come into your life the best way i mean how i look at it you know obviously i know a great man is going to come into my life one of these days who knows (laughs) but how i would picture myself having a conversation with him like oh like once i get to the like the trust of telling him my story because like I said this last guy really taught me don't fucking tell your story right off the bat don't do it they need to be worthy to even get to know you in that manner they need to be able to be worthy enough for them to even know you in that such in such a depth because you know what there's people that are out there that know my story and they didn't even deserve to know me like that they didn't not they did not deserve to know me like that like you know, appreciate me as a good person, but you don't need to know where the fuck I came from to get here. You don't need to, you don't need to see the blood, sweat and tears that I had to get to bring myself to this place. Okay. But my answer to that is, you know, how, how do you, if you're in a relationship right now, you're in the midst of healing, you're trying to figure yourself out, but you have this great person, like, you know, in your heart, you're deserving, like you are deserving of this person in front of you, but you want to be deserving. Like you want to give them the same things back. The best way to really approach that for like, in my own opinion is just come as you are just come clean come you know as your vulnerable self because the thing about it is it's hard being vulnerable it's so because you're showing a side of yourself that truly you're showing that it's not really a weakness because sometimes when I want you to switch your mindset instead of thinking that your vulnerability is a weakness it's actually your power you're showing you're exposing the side of yourself but you're showing in a way that you know I'm showing this to you so that way you can understand me better because I trust you now 
like you've shown you showed up you did the work you shown me that I can trust you that my heart is in a safe space you know just sitting down and having this conversation kind of breaking it up to him like whether he knows about this about you or not so that way you know because once you start breaking those walls down once you start really and if this person if he really is truly a guy that is accepting which he sounds like he is you know you'll even learn to grow and get out of that aggression stop being aggressive stop and even like obviously as a man we want to submit to a man like we were talking today about at brunch you know we want a man to submit to we want a man that can be you know show authority and you know show dominance but at the same time you know him also being like how do I explain this so you addressing that exposure you addressing your vulnerability your story your side and little by little you know as time goes on the more time like it's gonna feel like a weight coming off your shoulders when you finally expose this side of you to a man that's deserving of knowing this information about you because then when you feel like that's taken off of you he sees a side of you that's so much different and even you letting that go and you letting that out you're gonna start progressing as a woman and start healing parts of yourself that you've ignored that you haven't you know wanted to take the responsibility of taking like taking care of and also not just him taking care of you, but you finally putting yourself first and being self-aware and like, okay, there's a lot of healing that I need to do. There's a lot of aggression in my heart. I need to let this anger go so that way I can let peace in. Because the more time you hold on to anger, the more time it's just going to cultivate inside of you. And you're just going to explode on shit that has no business being exploded. And you're going to end up ruining good things because you're terrified. You're scared. The world is a scary, shitty place, but there's also beautiful things that come into this world as well. Like there's a lot of good people. You know, if you know in your heart you have a good heart, it's just guarded at the moment. You know inside of you, like I am this good person. I know I can bless somebody's life. It's just I've been let down so much. I don't know how to like give give this great heart of mine to somebody without having some type of you know doubt that they're gonna take advantage of me so like I mean how I really want to end this podcast is like on this note is you know trust in yourself like trust back into you know understanding that it wasn't your fault everything that's happened to you is not your fault like what the you know what you know your brother has done to you what your ex your you know the father your child has done to you you know create that family within yourself, not just for you, but also for your child and for a potential partner that may, may, be a, may be a husband to you. And so that way both of you both can grow together, learn more about each other. And so that way you can forgive yourself for something and like, you know, give yourself the closure and give yourself that healing and that peace that you never received growing up because sometimes we when we grow up in chaos we never know what what true peace feels like so when you give yourself that back and you start realizing you know what I'm more than what happened to me I had no control of what happened to me but at the same time if I want good things in this world I gotta let that I have to let that aggression go I have to let the anger go I gotta just walk with peace and trust in God girl trust in God I'll tell it you but now I'm so happy that you shared your story with us today like thank oh my you. god oh my god Lord thank you so much for having for what was for having me um this was a great session <laughs> I can do this every day yeah. I can do this every day like, no how I mean, I've talked about my story before, mm -hmm. but I've never really gotten like the insight that you were bringing yeah. in terms of like healing myself child. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Mm -hmm. Like everything else, like, yeah, people say, oh, yeah, you, you know, you have to do this X, Y, and Z. But like the part where you were like healing my inner child, that really got to me <laughs> because I have a kid. I have to... I have to make sure that I don't fuck her up as much as I was fucked up when I was growing up. But it wasn't your fault, though. Yeah. You have to remind yourself of that. But I definitely, I definitely. But it is your responsibility how, right. you, how you carry yourself after. Right. How you carry yourself after that hurt is what's really going to dignify you as a woman and the type of woman and mother you're going to be to your own child. Like that's the always the biggest ultimate answer I could possibly give is like, be that example, be the better version of you, be the mother that you never had. Ooh, be the mother yeah. that you never had. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I'm doing a good job at you that. You're doing good. I think so. Um, like, <laughs> my baby's like yourself, the happiest baby ever. Give yourself that credit, girl. Yeah. You're doing it. Thank you. you. Thank age. you. You fucking did that. It was hard.
it was really hard. If, if everything was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. And like, ooh, I'm gonna say that again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if it was if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Correct. And God obviously he built you. He wouldn't give you the things that you were not able to handle. So obviously you were built for that. You were built to be a mom. You were built to overcome the generational curses. And you were built to heal yourself. You have every every power within you to heal yourself. You don't even have to seek that throughout anybody, your partner, nobody in this world is going to, well, obviously God is going to heal you. Right. But like just finding, like you'll find so much power within yourself once you come to the agreement like I am my own healer. This is coming straight out of me, nobody else. But anyways, I'm so happy that you're here today. I freaking love you so much. And I like appreciate you just sharing your story with us. And just hopefully this speaks out and just truly touches somebody. That's the whole reason why we're doing this, y'all. So it can touch someone out there that's listening that might be in the same situation, might be, might be a teen parent, might have gone through molestation, all of that. But I will see you guys back here on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining in on the Mind is the Matter podcast. I hope this episode along with every episode is bringing you closer to your inner peace and supports you along your healing journey. If you're loving the vibe this podcast is bringing to you and want to stay up to date with upcoming episodes, please hit that follow button and leave a review so it can help me reach other potential listeners who are eager to get to the root of their true selves. Also, my DMs are open for questions at the Mind is a Matter pod, so go ahead and give that a follow as well to receive daily motivational quotes and updates on upcoming episodes. Continue to be patient with yourself along this journey, and I will see you back here on the next episode.